Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go on this Saturday into a Sunday, straight out of Vegas. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell is here. And we've got Brad Powers, college specialist in the Wise Guy chair. But more importantly, more importantly, Cofield is on fire. You've got a lot. You've got something on your chest, buddy. going to get it off. Well, the Vegas lead tonight is the Arizona scandal with Sean Miller, possibly with DeAndre Ayton. We want to talk about the game. We want to talk about the line movement because it went all over the place from last night to today and to uh, later in the evening. But, man, I thought some of the coverage was crazy in terms of the lack of nuance and the lack of knowledge. We'll hit on some of the commentary in just a couple of minutes. So let's update people on on what happened since we were on last night. We discussed what was happening with Sean Miller, wiretap, breaking news story from Mark Schlebaugh with ESPN that Miller had discussed a payment to DeAndre Ayton, his star freshman. So we went into the morning not knowing what was going on. Really no comment until the middle of the day Pacific time. And then finally we've, we get the news that Sean Miller is not going to coach. And not only was he not going to coach, we find out later on that he actually left Eugene, Oregon and flew out of town. Mm. And the thing that we saw with the line 
let's start it off. Oregon opened a one-point favorite against Arizona. As we were on last night, Oregon was starting to get money with all this speculation. About a three-point favorite while we were doing last night's show. Continued to get driven up throughout the course of the morning. All the way up, Oregon was a seven-point favorite. So let's get your take on this, RJ. Coaching in college basketball. Right At this point, I think people are expecting, well, they know that Miller's going to be out, and I think they're expecting that DeAndre Ayton isn't going to play either, and he's a 19-point, 11-rebound guy. What do you think of the line going from Oregon minus 3 to Oregon minus 7 after the Miller news comes down? And how much did Oregon win by? Oregon won by 5, but I mean... The, the- I think it moved a little too much. Well, <laughs> no, no what, hindsight there at all. No, what happened even after the Miller news w- got released that he wasn't going to coach, the fact that Aiton was going to play, the line went from seven down to four. So he saw a lot of people thinking there was an overreaction. The marketplace was taking back Arizona plus seven, plus six, plus five. Okay, I think this is a super complex topic. But one thing about complex topics if you don't have a clear answer, in a way, that's a relief. So let's start by saying, it's a relief that we aren't necessarily going to have an exact answer, and we're not going to try to have an exact answer. I think this is a kind of hodgepodge of emotions. Emotion number, and remember, this is a market. This isn't a compute. Computers aren't betting for the most part. There's some computer-driven algorithms out there that people use, but these are human beings. So one is the idea of, oh, the, there was a Yahoo story. Oh, there might be tumult. There might be distraction. And we talked about that yesterday. I think that's a part of why people bet against Arizona. So number one, distraction. Number two is, oh, there's a chance so-and-so is not going to play before it was known for sure if he was. So you would price in, okay, how many points is that player worth? And what's the odds of him not playing? That's another factor. Another factor is going to be, okay, the coach is now out. How much is that worth? So to, to me, when you have uncertainty like this, we're not talking about uncertainty like how well is this team going to play. We're talking about uncertainty about who's going to play, who's going to coach. Usually the marketplace is going to price between if everything goes perfectly, what's the price? If everything goes horribly, what's the price? And usually it's going to be somewhere in between. So I texted you middle of the day, and I was like, let's go. Time to get a middle. You guys want to explain what pro gamblers like when they have a chance to get a middle? In this case, uh, if they'd gotten it early enough, they would have had Oregon minus two and a half and Arizona peak plus seven. Okay, so this is where, in theory, if you and Fezzik, who is missing a rare, rare Saturday night with this is son's birthday, and we say, hey, listen, is 51 weeks a year gambling's most important, but we'll let this week be your son's birthday. So kudos to him for being a good father. Listen, the thing I love about Fezzik is nothing gets in the way of him getting winners, winning, except his boy. So it's like, in a way, you can appreciate that because if someone's always like, oh, it's Thanksgiving, I'm not going to bet today. Oh, you know, my eye is hurting a little bit. I'm not going to bet today. <laughs> you, you don't respect that, right? But if sure. the guy's only going to be stopped by one thing, yeah. got to respect it. So give, we'll give him an honorary. I am Elma J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. But a guy like Fezzik that owns a mansion and a yacht, he's good. he texted us right at the end of the show last night. And he said, guys, I just bet this baby, right? He, what did he lay? Three, if I remember? Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. I remember because I got three, and the game was right around 
three and two for a while. And he goes, I expect this baby to go way, way up. So it did, and I'm guessing he bought it back. Now, did you buy it back, Kofi? I did not. Okay. Oh, I, sent well, Brad, I sent Brad a text, but I actually didn't make the effort to go get the plus seven. All right. So on one hand, a and I think it's worth putting quickly into two buckets. Bucket number one is, hey, I like a game. I don't expect it to run, but hey, I like it. I'm going to bet it. Then the line moves two, three, four points, and it happens. Now the question is, do you buy it back? And it's a simple answer. It's very simple. Would you bet that second side alone? So let's say when this line got to seven is if you didn't have that first piece on the favorite, let's say two and a half or three, would you take the plus seven? If so, buy it back because you have a second bet that you think is profitable. If not, don't buy it back. All right. So that's kind of the actionable advice. There is a slight variation and we won't go too deep into it. When a guy like Fezzik, when a pro, a guy like Brad thinks that a game's going to run because there's news emerging the market hasn't accounted for yet, then you make the first bet almost exclusively to buy it back later. And then even if you don't love it at the, at the plus seven as much, it's still going to be profitable, that nice big middle. So you do buy back in that case because it's not so much you loved the original bet. It's that you thought the market was going to run in that direction. So you got ahead of it. It's almost like flipping a house, right? Is And, and, and it's worth doubling back and just repeating this quickly using that analogy. A lot of people bought houses in the 90s and the early 2000s, and they didn't buy them for investments. They bought it for a house. But then in 2005 and six. It was like, oh my gosh, my house is worth three times as much as I paid for it. The question at that point was, do you sell it or not? And obviously, there was a lot of factors people considered. But other people, when the market started running, said, I'm going to flip a house. I'm going to buy it with the sole intention of selling it when the price goes up. So in a way, the bettors who bet the Oregon side because they liked it weren't as obligated to middle it. It was... The question was, did they like it at plus seven or not? If you bought it because you thought it was going to run, just like flipping a house, well, once it got to seven, you had to go the other way with it. So we're covering the Arizona news. We'll get to some of the commentary on the scandal, actionable moves moving forward. It was a 98-93 final. Oregon won in overtime. Arizona actually got off to a great start. They were up by 10. It was 29-19. It was 43-37 at the half. DeAndre Ayton finished. He played with 28 points and 18 rebounds. But one last thing on this middle and the way you're supposed to handle this. We're very hard, especially you, RJ, on sportsbooks. So last night, 24 hours ago, we are talking about this. Oregon is three or two and a half on some boards. Many boards took it down. Do you get on sportsbooks for fearing what we talked about just now, the middle? Because it actually did hit the middle, but is. I guess is the action big enough from the pros and the sharps that books should be afraid? Is it that significant? Well, in this case, it's hard unless you understand it well enough. And and I don't. And Brad, I'd be interested to hear your opinion. The fact that Fezzik was running to make the bet. Brad, you ran to make the bet. Cofield, you ran to make the bet. It makes me think it wasn't so much the books chose to keep it up. Rather, they were just lazy and didn't know what was going on. The move would have been to move it pretty quickly, you know, to five or so, 
right? It's easy to say now because it fell five. And then say, hey, we think if everything goes badly, it's going to get to seven. If nothing goes badly, as in the news before tip-off, it will probably be around three. We're going to split the difference and let you bet which if you think it's going to go badly or not. I appreciate that, but I'm not going to blame some, a book if they don't do that. Here's the beauty of being hard on books, and I can say this in 10 seconds. The books are so egregious. I mean, imagine a guy that comes into the office. Now, how's he? He's probably not going to keep his job. Let's say there's a guy at the poker room, right? Or the VFW, wherever you go hang out and socialize. And this guy, four out of five weekends, he gets in a fight and he's, he, he's usually throwing the first punch. He doesn't shower, so he stinks and he spits on the floor. But somehow he's still at the place. If the guy walks in and, you know, maybe his hats, uh, he wears his hat at dinner, you probably don't get mad at him for the hat because you've got a bunch of other things to get mad at him at, right? And the hat, and the hat maybe is a close call. <laughs> well, the books are so egregiously bad in Vegas so often. When it's a borderline call like this, I say, you know, I say, peace and love, peace wow. and love. <laughs> in that wow. rare case. That's, that is shocking. It is. I actually, <laughs> I would say you book it like RJ says. I mean, you don't take it off the board. We're talking a col- one college basketball game out of 138 today. I mean, how much could you be at risk on one single game when you got 137 other games on the board? And this is something I think books don't do well, which is understanding that, that night, this is going to sound paradoxical, but it makes a ton of sense, is 95-plus percent of their bets are going to be less than $300. And thus, circle the game, right? That's kind of something books don't do as much as they used to. When I was coming up in the late 80s, early 90s, I would, with my local bookies, it'd be this game circled, this game circled, meaning they're uncertain of it. They are going to half the limits or, or limit the limits significantly. But for most betters, let's say that a, a, even a big book says, we're going to make this a nickel limit, 500 bucks. It's only going to affect 5% of people. Now, listen, the Brad Powers, the Fezics, they're going to be complaining but Cofield, the square chair, you're not going to have a problem, right? <laughs> no. So throw up the five and, and half the limit or put the limit down to, to a nickel. I don't think they do that enough. I get not wanting the Brads of the world to pick you off because he'll, he'll hurt you. But I think the average batter, if the worst thing that happens is this guy who's losing week after week after week, not every week, but let's say uh, month after month, for the most part, right? The average better is going to lose eight out of 12 months if he's betting every month. If somehow he got a little edge on you because he's laying four and it really should be seven <laughs> in this Oregon game and it's for his normal bet, maybe you should just look at that as an, as kind of a comp. But these greedy mofos, they don't do that. <laughs> so no Sean Miller tonight at Oregon. Oregon wins at 98-93. They were laying three, laying four by game time. We're going to start looking forward. What's going to happen with Sean Miller? How do we handle this as betters? Arizona went from 12 to 1 to win the national title just checking an hour ago. Now they're 20 to 1. That's coming up next straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! It's straight out of Vegas. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell, Brad Powers. Is in the Wise Guys chair. We're covering the big story of the weekend that uh, is developing as we speak. Sean Miller did not coach tonight. The Arizona coach in trouble. Apparently, a wiretap caught him discussing a payoff to an elite recruit. They landed the recruit. 
DeAndre Ayton. Ayton played tonight against Oregon. Arizona lost 98-93. to So we want to start looking forward to what is going to happen from here. First of all, I will ask, are you surprised, Brad Powers, that Miller was given a seat? Yeah, I was actually. I mean, we do live in a in a country where you are, you know, should be innocent until proven guilty. And the fact that the player was able to play eight and and Miller had to sit, I was a little surprised actually. Unlike most of the re- re- general media out there, I thought he'd actually coach tonight. Yeah, so I think we all agree, innocent until proven guilty. But you don't have <laughs> to be guilty in order for a company not to employ you or not to or in this case suspend is that the way we want to explain it so let's just say for the sake of argument brad you own a company and it comes out that there's a 50 percent chance somehow you know this exactly correct there's a 50 percent chance that someone you employ did something that was a felony right something pretty severe right whatever it doesn't matter what it is would you say well we got to keep them on until you know so in a way I think it's okay when it comes to like, is it righteous or not to say, hey, you set in a way they're not firing him, right? They're sitting him down saying, let's figure this out, Mm -hmm. you know, see what happens. And if somehow you're totally cleared, I'm, I'm guessing they'd welcome him back with open arms. The question to me is, is Arizona playing PR wise, public, public relations wise, by an old, outdated playbook. Meaning, the theory, 101 is, okay, who are we going to sacrifice? The heat's coming in. We're here on the 10th floor. Who on the 9th, 8th, 7th, 6th, all the way down to the 1st, can we sacrifice and get the heat off of us? As we discussed yesterday, I'm not sure if that's not wrong here. With the FBI involved, this isn't the NCAA. This isn't, oh, let's show the NCAA we're taking this seriously. It's the FBI. And the FBI is, oh, you sat him down for a ball game? We're talking felonies. And I, I think, if anything, it's showing weakness. It, and maybe they know. Maybe. And, and that's the thing we all got to remember. <laughs> uh, no matter how smart you are, yep. even if you're very informed with public information we don't know what they know right now maybe they know it's like 98 percent that 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 or or more well, that- i'm guessing that they heard the tape that's that's the first thing i believe they heard the tape and i actually this is the way i look at situations like this and unfortunately there aren't enough sports talk radio hosts who do this you have so, to look at so it it's, a, it's good that you're really calling out how you're at your superior i am going to <laughs> I am, in this case, I'm going to. Most of this comes down hey, to legal risks. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to what they're going to have to pay out to Sean Miller and potentially DeAndre Ayton. That's why DeAndre Ayton played tonight. They don't have proof that the payment actually took place, so they don't want to be sued by DeAndre Ayton. In fact, his family already came out and said, we got no payment, and we want his name taken off this. We want his name cleared. In Miller's case... They're looking at $10 million being owed if he's fired with cause. So I think they sat him down so that wait, in future wait, fi- court cases. Fired with cause? With cause. This is, this is the deal they signed. It is insane. I know. It, so it seems how much counterintuitive. Ha- how much do they pay if he gets fired without cause? There is no set number that I've seen out there yet. So wait a minute. Basically, it, they, 
Hold on, hold on. Yes. So what you're saying is yes. if he gets fired mm-hmm. for just being a bad coach, he gets not, or we're not sure what he gets, but right. we're not certain anything. Mm-hmm. Miller from Arizona. But if he gets fired for like like doing something egregious, upwards of a felony, he gets $10 million. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that, can't be, the, that can't even be possible. Read the language on the contract. It was out all over the place today. Bruce Pascoe put it out from the, uh, the Daily Star in Tucson. And immediately people were like, what kind of contract? Why would Arizona sign this kind of contract? This may be where coaches are, or they were, in terms of flexing their muscle, that they can get a ridiculous contract like this. I totally understand it's a $10 million buyout if for whatever reason. Right, the idea that the that he gets paid more for doing something especially you know, illegal, let's say, versus <laughs> just losing, that that if someone walked up to you and go, "Hey, Steve, listen, I I want to um I'm going to borrow your car," and, and in fact, let's say you had a a company that your cars were being driven by your employees, and it's like, "Hey, listen, if I end up wrecking your car and I'm drunk, I want a fifty thousand dollar buyout, <laughs> but if I just wreck the car." Uh, you don't have to give me anything. Would you hire that guy? It sounds like he has like a very specific intention in my it sounds like he came in saying, Listen, guys, you know and I know that I'm gonna be breaking every law I can. So if somehow I get caught, I've got to get compensated in a way to make it worth it for me. It's it's almost like he's he's the patsy that they bought off to do a, you know these illegal things. I mean, what other reason would it be that you get more money if you get fired for cause, it's insane. It's totally insane. Maybe, maybe it does play into what's been going on there for three and four years, and uh, you know, back to the the Book Richardson activity. I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly uh, why the agreement was made with cause to uh, pay him out ten million dollars. Can I give you some of the reaction today from the media? And these are college basketball people. Let's play Jay Billis here. Jay Billis was beside himself. Now remember, Jay Billis, college basketball analyst, is also a guy who stood up for, and he'll mention it. In some of these comments, he stood up for Sean Miller and said, oh, there's no way he knew what his assistant coach, Book Richardson. This is the same old narrative we hear, like Rick Pitino. He doesn't know what this out-of-control rogue assistant is doing, but he was beside himself this morning. Sean Miller will be put on administrative leave, or at least should be, while this is being sorted out. And there's no way that DeAndre Ayton could play in a game while this is being sorted out. I mean, this is a question of risk management for the University of Arizona. Okay, short and sweet, right? DeAndre Ayton's not going to play. He, he was going to play. It is risk management. They don't want to get sued. And he played. And he had a big game. He had 28 points and so, 18 so rebounds. So what, what is the risk of him playing? Let's say all this is true, hypothetically. What's the risk of him playing? I guess, in theory, it would be this win, if they won, would be vacated right. or something? Because Mil- what Miller did isn't going to slam them enough already. Yeah. There's really no risk. And listen, let's be honest for a second. Guys that are college basketball analysts, and I don't care if it's Fox or anywhere else, probably not. You know, they they, they didn't turn down hosting Meet the Press. Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> but, here, but here's the thing. I know you can make that assumption. I'm certain Jay Billis is. I don't think he's a practicing attorney. He does have a law degree. Well, so I would have figured he he looked this up because he's talking about risk management. Now, well, listen. When I went to and graduated from the Ohio State University, I took a bunch of accounting classes, LIFO, FIFO, first in, first out. I can promise you, you don't want to hire me if, <laughs> if, 
<laughs> from third from twenty five years ago. You don't want to hire me if you're doing any accounting. Let's say uh, at the shipyard. That was courtesy ESPN TV. Here's Seth Greenberg on the same show as they were uh, getting ready for that Texas Tech. Kansas games talking about how he was disappointed and what he expects to happen moving forward, not only with Miller, but with Arizona when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Fire it. The facts are the facts, and the consequence is real simple. He will not coach another game at Arizona. DeAndre Ayton will not play another game at Arizona, and the games that he did play will be forfeited, and Arizona will not play in the NCAA tournament. Okay. So that's all going to happen in the next two or three weeks. It's not going to happen. In fact, I mean, isn't he jumping the gun a little bit? I mean, you've already heard the family say that we got no payment. We didn't receive anything. So, I mean, all of this is pure speculation. I thought that was a pretty well, hard. First of all, it's been pure speculation, yeah. as we discussed yesterday, from the jump. Yep. Right? So, I think the the clarification, and I think yesterday we did a good job here with it, is – the NCAA, if they're going to do a punishment, there has to be um, due course. There has to be the the process, whatever it is. If the federal authorities or any authorities in a legal sense are going to do something, there's got to be due process. Is the school themselves deciding to take an action against their own? In theory, there should be due process, but they're not obligated for there to be due process. So in a way, I didn't expect Arizona to make a move like this, but they at least have the right to. You can suspend a coach. I'm sure there's language in that contract. You know, they'll list like nine things, and then the 10th will be, or anything that's perceived to be detrimental to the, and then it's completely the discretion of the program. So I think they probably made a mistake showing weakness here, Arizona. But I don't think even if the NCAA felt like it was 100% the best thing to do, I'm not sure how they could legally take action yet when nothing's been proven. I do agree with what Billis and Greenberg said about Miller not coaching again. we got to examine what that means moving forward going into the tournament. If they are going to be in the tournament, we believe they're going to be in the tournament. But first... Steve DeSager with the latest. Guys, it's turned into an incredible gold medal game in South Korea in men's hockey. Competition at the Winter Olympics is ending tonight. The closing ceremony starts after 6 a.m. Eastern time. The Russians are going for hockey gold right now against... Germany in this tournament with no NHL players, but the Russians do have stars. They have the better roster, and they were playing a lackluster 1-1 game with six minutes to go until the Russians scored for the lead. Ten seconds later, the Germans answered a tie at 2-2, and with three minutes to go, Germany takes the lead with a goal, 3-2, and then had a power play to essentially run out the clock. Russia has just scored shorthanded in the final minute. They're going to overtime, a 20-minute sudden death period, 3-3, for the gold in golf tiger woods moved up to a tie for 11th place in florida seven shots back the jacksonville jaguars gave quarterback blake bortles a new three-year contract nba boston won at new york golden state dominated the second half ripping oklahoma city 112 to 80 paul george in the loss one of 14 shooting from the floor portland got a win at phoenix 106 104 damian lillard 40 points including the game-winning layup in college hoops oregon in overtime beat number 14 arizona 98 93 
Florida upset number 12, Auburn. Kansas won at Texas Tech. Creighton in overtime beat number 3, Villanova. And finally, the top-ranked UConn women went on a 43 to nothing run at SMU in the first half today and beat them 80-36. to Connecticut 28-0 so far. It outscored SMU in the second quarter, 32-1. to No field goals for SMU that quarter. Back to you. So we're hitting the Arizona situation hard. Wildcats lose 98-93 to Oregon. Just ended about 45 minutes ago. They lose in overtime. They were, depending on when you bet the game, getting 3-4-7, but uh, they wind up losing by 5, 98-93. No Sean Miller. DeAndre Ayton plays. He has 28 points and 18 rebounds. Do we all believe that Miller is probably a long shot that he coaches the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine... Arizona making a decision like this and then somehow enough information coming out that makes them feel convinced that, oh, he's not guilty. Right. So it feels like you've taken this step. It's hard to go back. I guess in theory, the coach could go to court and try to get an injunction or something. But if this is even partially true, you got to figure at this point, this coach is worried about legal issues more than coaching or not coaching. And it might, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it might be interesting to see how hard he fights this. Because if he does fight it, he's either stupid, and usually A-level coaches aren't stupid, and we can talk about how valuable he is as a coach in a moment. He's either stupid or innocent if he fights this. Because if he's guilty, then coaching should be the least of his worries right now. The way the betting market played out would suggest Sean Miller is worth, what, one or one and a half points? Uh, maybe a little bit more, maybe one and a half or two well, so, points. So first, first. We can't talk about coaches and their worth without clarifying regular season March Madness. Okay. So don't, so don't read what happened from last night to today that it was one, one and a half, two points on Sean Miller. It's different in the postseason? For sure. You think, he, I, you think coaches are much more valuable? I think in the NCAA tournament specifically, not so much conference tournaments, so I think a little bit. Not so much the NIT, though I think a little bit. But the NCAA tournament with the brightest of the bright lights and the unusual schedule and the press, I mean, it, to me, I think a coach, and, and I'll quote one of our guys from the pregame.com forum, and one of the real nice things we have up at pregame.com is a posting forum anyone can post, and we have thousands of people posting, thousands of posts a day, and what's nice is over time, you get to know who knows what they're talking about. And one of our A posters, and he's also works with us, uh, his screen name, Sleepy J. So if you go to the forum, check out Sleepy J. He says in his rankings, and this guy, Sleepy, knows the college basketball very well. He says he has Miller as his very best coach in college basketball right now. So, Brad, let's start there. Where would you rank him, you know, one to what? Where's, where, where's he at? I would say Sean Miller's in the five to ten range. Right. I would say nationally he's known and respected as probably the best. Well, coach. I don't, first of all, I don't care about if he's known or respected. I care about the Vegas truth is bigger than what what who what are we worried about what the Associated Press writer yeah. thinks of him? Well, I was just going to say he's probably the best. But it coach. doesn't matter. He's the best coach in the country to not go to the Final Four. Okay, in your opinion, yes. All right, and in a way, if he hasn't gone to the Final Four. How many years has he coached in uh, D one? Uh, about fifteen years now. And that's why he can't be in my you know clear cut top four, top five coach. This is his ninth year at Arizona, and he's made multiple elite eights. This is one of the complaints about Sean Miller is that he can't get the team over the top 
to the Final Four. And I think when you talk about grading a coach from, from this point, right? From this point, we're talking about coaching X's and O's on the floor around the team. He's one of the best coaches in the country because you also have to roll in recruiting and the talent he gets. So that's out of the mix here. So the team you, is what the team is. So you, when you say this point, you mean from now till the end of the season? Yes, we're judging his ability to take a team with X's and O's, motivation, game you know, adjustments to the Final Four or a national title. And your point, Cofield, is whatever grade you give Coach Miller – he is especially good at recruiting, yes. and thus well. his grade. If you jit, if you jit, well, <laughs> <laughs> he plays he plays the game the right way. Except he shouldn't have been on the phone dealing with uh, anyone directly. So there's a mixed bag there. Well, hold on a second. Is that is that your sincere feeling? Which part? You just uh, think about what you just said. Yes. Maybe we were all talking over each other. Yes. You said he plays the game, Miller, the right way. He just shouldn't have got caught. Is what I heard you say. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So you believe? So let's say you're a fan of a program. Mm-hmm. Let's say your kid yes. is going to a program. You're hoping, boy. I really hope that coach makes sure. I hope he doesn't do it himself, but I hope he has hundreds of thousands in his briefcase so he can pay people. You know what? If you really think about it, yes, you should think that way. Yes, if they're well, going to pay me, I this. hope he doesn't get implicated and, no, get, no, I and get, get booted. I, I get the idea. It's like saying, hey, if you cheat on your wife, try not to get caught. But it's better not to cheat on your wife. Is it? In college basketball? Well, I'm asking if, if you. The equivalent I, of, I if think the equivalent is. is of Listen. paying players off you know, in normal life is cheating on your wife, then you're, you know what? If you don't cheat on your wife in college basketball parlance, you're probably not going to win at the highest level. I'm sorry. Some of the stuff I saw today on holding up, seemingly holding up some programs as the good ones, but Miller and Arizona are the evil ones. The top seven programs are in the same swimming pool for the same players. And almost all of those. It's, it's just, that's fact. That's fact. When I'm watching games today, think about the games that were on ESPN today. Leading into Arizona and Oregon. I watched Dick Vitale go on and on and on, crucifying Sean Miller as he was calling the Syracuse-Duke game. What? Jim Beheim has been caught twice. Those are the times he's been caught. And I'll tell you. On, so, on, so how would you characterize what Beheim did? Like for people that aren't deeply aware. In terms of level what, of violation. What did he get caught for? He got caught in the late 80s, early 90s. Here's what he's been caught. They're usually low level violations. Now, is he doing more than that? Well, I, listen, would, I would suspect oh, he is. Ho, 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 ho. Yes. Your point was, hey, here's a guy that's been caught. Yes. What did he get caught for? They, they had a car program in the late 80s, early 90s. That was what they got nabbed for officially. And this most recent time, it was academics and also drug tests that players were skating on. I mean, that that seems to be a misdemeanor type. And again, it's, not using legal terms. Yes. but what, ha- what happens to a lot of people who are felonious? They get off on misdemeanor charges. Perhaps, but you can say, listen, that's insidious, though. If, if what we're going to say is, well, that we know so far, right, that's, that, that's Joe McCarthy stuff, right? You can say that to anybody, right, is, Brad, uh, do you have any felonies on your record? No. That we know of. <laughs> I mean, like, where does that stop, right? I mean, do you have any particular proof that Beheim did anything No one has else? proof of any of this. Then why? Then we shouldn't be talking about it, right? Absolutely, we should be talking about it. What the thought that there, maybe there, there's proof? Yeah, absolutely. You absolutely have the right to be cynical with Duke. Now that's Duke, different. But, Duke could but not why, why be more cynical with Bayheim than anyone else? Because I was around 
the, that program in the 80s and 90s, and they were swimming in the same pool as other schools that were getting caught for high-level violations. So you're saying because he was winning, it's a sign he was cheap. No, because they were competing for the same types of players. And the fact that, that he was competitive with them yes. means he Just was like, cheap. I, when, I, when I'm reading Arizona... So was Jeter, Jeter, right? So Jeter's in baseball, right? Because yep. this feels very analogous totally. to the PED argument in baseball, right? And everyone who's a, you know, has any innocence left when it comes to baseball, mm-hmm. Jeter's put up as, uh, the, the, I guess him and Rivera maybe, both on the Yankees, as like, please don't let it be Jeter. Like, like if it came out now that Jeter cheated, it would be more devastating, I think, than any player. Wouldn't to me. Because you're so <laughs> cynical. Because I don't, I don't believe, I, I don't believe, uh, 100% that anyone was clean. I, I just don't make that leap of faith anymore. Well, but and I don't make that first off, of we're not saying 100% of anything, right? You're yeah. not 100%. Your girlfriend's not with a guy right now. She could be. Right? Oh, well. Who's 100% yeah. of anything? Yeah. Oh, but, well. But the, <laughs> oh, well, he says. Yeah. But but the, the point I make, or, or my wife or yeah. anybody, yeah. right? How yeah. do you know anything? Yeah. Unless you're seeing it with your own eyes, right? Yeah. But, but here's my point, is let's extend that PED analogy for a minute because this is a fa- I want to go into this yes. right because this is not only this story but it's the way you look at the world it's the way you process information is as gamblers the info we believe the info we don't believe it's vital how you think about this stuff so this the circle will close on this baby right and I think it's fascinating and I love your passion Cofield but I'm not sure about the logic so so let's get to the PED uh, analogy for a second. So some people got caught. Some people didn't get caught, but just looking at their trend lines, it's like, man, something, something's funny, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's people that, ah, you know, he seems like a good guy. He, he gives to this charity and boy, he's good in those press conferences. I don't think he did it. And he had a little pot belly, so I don't think he did it. <laughs> right? So, but we don't really know. But if if we're saying... I'm not saying that that you should bet your life that Jeter didn't use PEDs, for example, but there's no proof he did. But the fact he was competitive, he's a Hall of Famer, right? Competitive during that era. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, does that mean he did it? Doesn't mean he didn't. I, I will well, never that, I'll never go out on that limb and say 100% that he didn't. To me, you know what this I think this is as analogous to cycling. Forever, people wanted to hold Lance Armstrong up as the guy who was clean when everyone else was dirty, but he was the superhuman leader killing everyone. And then as it turns out, he was as dirty or dirtier than anyone. Yeah, but he's paid the price. If anything, it's gone the other way now where he's like he's like a pariah. But if anything, he was just on par with everyone else. Here's what I want to tell college basketball fans. The top 15 players in the country, maybe top 20, are being offered money. It doesn't mean they're taking money, and it doesn't mean all of their final five offer the money. Every single one of them is being offered. That is the game today. And if you believe that DeAndre Ayton went to Arizona, I don't know so if he got game paid. though, right? I don't know if he got paid or not. But Kansas was in the mix with him, right? They were right there with him. These same schools: Kentucky, Michigan State, USC, UCLA, North Carolina, Duke. I find again. Is there proof of what's going on with Duke? I have no proof, but they just landed two classes with five of the oh, top see, I hate seven this. players. I hate this. Not at all. I, I, I can agree with everything you mm-hmm. said in a, broadly, 
But if success means you're cheating, then whatever has to be done for us to stop this, we've got to stop it. And when we come back, Cofield, you've been around the UNLV program for, what, 20 years now. Many coaches have gone through. What I want to talk about when we come back is what you've seen with your own eyes. We won't name names. We'll talk generically straight out of Vegas right back. Rolling on here on this Saturday and a Sunday, Steve Cofield, RJ Bell, Brad Powers in the Wise Guys chair. We're going deep on what's happening with Arizona and Sean Miller. They lost tonight. Miller did not coach. They, being the Wildcats, at Oregon, 98-93. And I just did not enjoy a lot of the coverage today because it seemed like uh, very much babe in the woods. And we don't know what's going on. And all we know is Arizona's evil. Well, first, I... You have a real fire and vigor for this, Steve, and I think it's worth understanding where you're coming from. And the thing I dislike the most about what you're saying, and I agree with a lot of it, is the idea that, okay, we know some people cheat. Does anyone who's competitive must be a cheater? If things are that far gone, is that a fair? Is that what you believe? No, I'm not saying everyone cheats. All right. No, I'm saying if someone's competitive, and when I say someone, a program, if a program is competitive, must they be cheating to be competitive? No, they can have years where they're competitive. Can they consistently be in the mix for so, top so, 20 recruits? No, they cannot. So if anyone is recruiting in the, you know, if any, of all the top 20 programs, when it comes to recruiting in college basketball, one, two, 10, 20, all 20 of them, you believe all 20 of them to be in that list means they're corrupt. So they're they're cheating. To be in the mix for top 20 players, you are you are tested often on this money front. Uh, and uh, payoff. What front. are we in court? Are are they paying or are they breaking the rules? I didn't say rules? top 20 programs. I said the top 20 players coming out of high school each year. It's those 20 players or so. Okay. So if a program is a top 20 program, or let's just say a top program, they're getting a lot of top players. Mm -hmm. And are you saying the only way to get those players is by paying them? It's not the only way. But they're going to get a beat out more often than not. There will be programs who are willing to pay. Arizona's not the only program in the country willing to pay. I'm not saying that. It's just being one or being a handful versus being pretty much. If you have long-term success, you're cheating if, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. I'm saying that is so insidious, though. The idea that success... Because think about it. One of the things I personally hate the most... I, when I, If I meet someone and they're uh, you know, striving to do better, and let's say I am doing better than them right now, I so respect that, that striving, that aspiration. When I meet someone that is falling short of you know, let's say whatever standard, and then everyone above them, they critique them and say, well, they're up there because of nepotism. That's because of their family. And that's because they cheated. And that's because she's sleeping with so-and-so. Like, I hate that. Yeah. And the, and I'm not saying it's untrue because I don't know enough to know. But if success equals cheating, any real success in college basketball, then it ruins the whole sport for me. Oh, well, I'll still bet it and make money, but as a fan... Ugh. I'm just surprised that you and many others are shocked by this. That's that's what got me today. We'll uh, wrap it up on the other side. Got a big football story that came down. It's coming up straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!
Hour two is here. Passionate hour one addressing the Arizona controversy. Sean Miller not coaching. Arizona loses at Oregon, but their best player did play. DeAndre Ayton did play. 98-93 loss. Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell. Yes. Brad Powers is in the wise guy's chair. You are you are calling for it. Go ahead. Boy, Steve, you're stepping all over me. You're, you're Fire fired up. Let's, yeah. let's just let's forget the niceties and let's get down to what we were talking about. And f- for those just joining us in our second hour here is... Cofield's been in Vegas covering UNLV for how long now? 20 years. 20 years. Long time. And covering college basketball for 25. And, you know, this is post-Tark, right? Tark was a whole different breed of Mm -hmm. shark. Mm -hmm. But you've seen a lot. And we're not asking you to, you know, share rumors or anything and not even name names. But the basic premise of what you've been saying is that – any program or almost any program, let's keep it that simple. Almost any program that's competitive at the highest level in the NCAA basketball tournament, in the NCAA basketball um, sport, there's cheating going on. That, that program, to be competitive, must be cheating in almost all cases. At some levels, there's some impermissible benefit. And those schools that want to be in the running for top 20 players each year, they're faced with the challenge. Hey, someone is offering them money. What are you going to do? Yeah, but see, that's second. And they may not take the money. We don't second, even know if Aiden took the on. money. That second thing you said, though, is a total cop out. Is any, th- if you're on Wall Street, right? There's a lot of people cheating on Wall Street. And thus, if you're trying to be competitive on Wall Street, mm-hmm. you are going to be faced with an opportunity to cheat. And you're going to have to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. And you're also going to be faced with the competition that benefits many of them from they themselves cheating. Doesn't mean that everyone who's successful on Wall Street is a cheater. And that's the question is, and I think we've agreed to it. And I, and I think you're scared of it in a way because it's such a profound statement. But let's say it one more time. You could say if you agree or not. A vast majority of programs in college basketball who are winning consistently, and to win consistently, you've got to recruit top 20 players. A vast majority of them are doing something illegal to compete. Yes. Okay, good. Now, don't back away. You said it. Now, being here at UNLV, now, this hasn't been a top 20 program. You've gone through, you know, in these 20 years, uh, six, seven, eight, nine coaches. There's been a bunch of them over the 20 years. What have you seen here? Don't name names, but what have you seen here? To get elite players, you probably have to pay. Now he's doing probably. It's like he's a. It's like because somehow I'm not, I'm not going to grand... implicate certain players. Though. But I'm not saying name yeah. any names. Yeah. So, so you're you would be very very confident that players in the last let's say ten or let's say twenty years at UNLV were compensated. Some doesn't okay. mean every guy on the team is. No, I understand. I understand. Doesn't mean every guy on the team is. And this is a program that if we had to say over they're not the, even winning. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Over the last twenty years, which UNLV thirty five amongst. College basketball programs? That's, that's being aggressive, too. Yeah, I don't even know if they're 35, top 60 program. So, Brad, you were with Phil Steele, who is a college um, you know, media member, really. It, he evolved from a handicapper into a media member. And you had, you know, you guys got press passes. You were participating in like the Heisman Trophy voting. So, on the inside, 
What would you say to Cofield's assessment that a, a vast majority of hyper-competitive college basketball programs are cheating from what you saw from the whispers you heard? Well, I would say he's on to something, although I will differentiate. I think college basketball, maybe the, the cheating or at least the assumption of cheating going on is probably a lot greater more than it is in college football. And keep in mind, college football so, so was just more to of be our because. I wasn't sure I caught all that. You think college basketball, there's more cheating than college football? Yes, I do think that. Which makes sense. Smaller roster, players can have more impact. One one great player mm-hmm. can make all you know the difference between being the 50th best team and the 12th best team. Right? Just one. Yeah. So, you can, know, I hit the, can I hit the conclusion that I yes. that really have been trying to get to for about 40 minutes? And I'm not saying anyone's getting in the way on this. What, what disturbed me today is that... Uh, Dick Vitale and others were trying to separate the allegations with Arizona and DeAndre Ayton from the guys who were named connected to the agency who got, you know, hundreds of dollars or a couple of thousand dollars. This investigation is not over yet. I heard defenses of, you know, Miles Bridges and Wendell Carter and Colin Sexton. This is not over yet. So before you jump to this conclusion that, hey, there's one bad guy who's out of control, and, well, these other ones are just... They're part of the system. It's the mean system where the players aren't paid. That was the other thing that got me today, this this nonsense that it's a billion-dollar industry, and it's forced these payments. There's been payments for 50 years in college basketball, and in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, there weren't billions at stake. But people were still hyper-competitive, what you were saying earlier. People want to win. There's money available. Boosters will step up. Players are needed. But isn't that what you're saying is that to compete, you've got to cheat and thus cheating is being forced. So you agree with that. But I think people are using, they have this, this, uh, this thing they want to stick to with the players being paid. They're using the size of college basketball and the revenue as the reason and suggesting it's a recent trend. It's not a recent trend. You know, there's billions. No, no, so I agree. I mean, we talked players, about players. We talked no, about, they're not getting a cut of the money. We talked about Warden yesterday, right? So, in uh, you know, the rumors about the most successful coach of all time, and a guy who, uh, if you speak to the legacy of John Warden, is as almost a saintly guy. I mean, the, uh, there's no coach that Coach K or not. Forget Coach K. John Wooden was res- the respect that the com- basketball community, the 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 it, all fans, I think, sports fans of John Wooden is the highest level of respect. But you were talking about his bag man and all kind of like pretty strong rumors uh, and probably beyond rumors about UCLA it's, back it's public, then. Sam Gilbert, it's, it's chuckled about now. You can watch the Thirty for Thirty documentaries, the HBO documentaries. He's his role is known. He was the money guy. To me, one thing, you know, a lot of people don't like President Trump. A lot of people do like President Trump, right? Very divided country. I'll tell you this. There's one thing that the 2016 election showed me that I think is analogous to the NCAA right now, which is we used to watch Crossfire. You know, I was a political, even as a kid, I enjoyed politics. CNN had crossfire for the young listeners out there. It was one guy on the left, one guy on the right. And this is before all the debate shows politically or in sports. This is like early nineties and they would debate, you know, from the left and from the right crossfire. Okay. And what I used to think is, okay, yeah, I agree with the, the right guy here and the left guy here. And oh, they're so against each other. 
No, they're not against each other. We might think Roy Williams and Coach K are against each other, or we might think the ESPN basketball guy is against the CBS basketball guy. Well, maybe, but that's almost like in wrestling terminology, they have a shoot or work. A shoot is the truth, and a work is, hey, we're playing a game here, right, with, a, with an intended conclusion, a result. And in politics, you know, Eisenhower talked about the military industrial complex, whereas there was a whole, you know, billion dollar, hundred billion dollar, trillion dollar industry eventually that was about building up this nation for war. And yeah, it's good to protect ourselves, but there was a lot of money being made, right? And people look at Halliburton and all that during the Gulf War, a lot of money to be made, right? Okay, is what we saw in politics, as much as we think that the uh, Chuck Schumer versus uh, Marco Rubio, yeah, but they're all in the game. There's a whole industrial complex of not only politicians and all the money they're making and the speeches they're given after they're out of office. And, you know, again, we I, I will say negative things about both sides, but if you look at the Clintons and say, well, they're worth three, four hundred million dollars after all this public service. It's like, huh, how do they make that money? Or President Reagan, someone people, many people loved and many things I liked about Reagan. Um, I was a kid, but, you know, looking back in hindsight, but he w- went, I think it was Japan and made three or four million. Now, that seems innocent money these days, right? To just give a speech. So now the question is, well, wait a minute. Was there, was this like a quid pro quo? It just took two years to get paid, right? Is, hey, do something for us now. And let's be honest. Anyone who's a skeptic in politics is probably right. Because if anything, the deeper you dig, the more you see all this corruption. And it goes from the meet the press, the face the nation host to the networks to, hey, are we going to get this clearance to buy this other company if we cover this president, right? This is a billion dollar, hundred billion dollar or more complex politically. What is, so we got the military complex, we've got the political industrial complex, and we've got the sports industrial complex, especially on the college side, because the leagues on the pro side, they're strong enough to fend for themselves. And if anything, the league is the, 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 the NFL is the real power and the others are trying, where everyone else is trying to get the crumbs, right? Even the networks. But in college, the NCAA is not that strong, <laughs> right? It might not be. <laughs> and there might not be an NCAA in the next three or four years. And to this me, could, this could end the whole thing. You're right. And to me, if we look at, and I don't know enough to know, is Jay Billis especially bad? Is Dickie V especially bad? Is someone from Fox bad? I don't know enough to know, right? But it seems to me they're all drinking from the same well. Isn't it sort of analogous to what you say all the time about sports books and the way sports books are covered and the way the sports gaming industry is covered? Like, again, I'm not here to kill Seth Greenberg or Jay Billis or Dick Vitale, but it is their meal ticket. It's their meal ticket. It's it's whoever's broadcasting the game's meal ticket. It's the event, the, the venues themselves' meal ticket. It's the concessions. It's the mob that owns the the. the, yeah. the it's it's all the way through the economy that involves these games. And here's what's particularly egregious about it: 
is they're all drinking from the well. Yeah, they're competitive with each other, mm-hmm. but they're going to be 50 times more competitive against outsiders trying to stop the gravy train. And to me, whenever the goal is to just keep perpetuating what's going on because we can keep getting paid, that means that a lot of things are overlooked. And when we come back, I think what we should touch on and, and probably end the topic, but maybe the most important part of this topic is the idea about who's getting hurt the worst. And it's these kids. And let's be honest, some of these kids are 17 year, years old when they're being offered this money. And as much as we can say, well, at 18, you can go to war or whatever. These are kids. And the fact that they're the ones getting hurt, I think that's the real story. Straight out of Vegas, we'll be right back. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I tell you, Cofield, <laughs> on our podcast we do, we do a podcast, Steve and I, Don't Bet On It is the name. And you think, wait a minute, don't bet on it. I thought we were supposed to bet, RJ. No. Some things you shouldn't bet on, especially hot takes. And what we do in the podcast, and you can get that uh, on my Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, or up at pregame.com, is we take the hottest takes of the week, and we grade them, the Vegas verdict, right? And the theory is cold cash beats the hot takes. Now, you're the hot take guy on that show, I, my new nickname for you is the Hot Take Hot Shot, but I got to tell you, your take this show has been outstanding, right? Brad, if you want to break down college basketball, in my opinion, no one better than Brad Powers. I've got my perspective for the Vegas perspective, but you being a guy that understands Vegas, but also with decades of experience in typical sports talk and insight into covering programs like UNLV, I don't think there's going to be many hosts, many co-hosts across the country in the next couple of days with as much insight as you've offered. You so, know, kudos. I'll guarantee, thank you, who will give you a good take because he's unafraid. We were just talking about the machine and how there are some media members who are friends with coaches. It's, some. Their, meal, it's, the, it's their meal ticket. One guy who does go against the grain and pisses off a lot of coaches, and he did play the game and covers a lot of college basketball, and hears all the whispers, is Doug Gottlieb. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and Doug is not afraid we were talking about Jim Beheim in the first hour. You know, Jim Beheim's gone after him. Wisconsin's gotten pissed off at him in the past. He, he'll say it. Gottlieb was on the herd. I think it was Friday, and they talked about some of this at length. I thought it was a good segment. Last part of this conversation are the kids, right? And we can joke about, think of the children, you know? And sometimes I think that's a little bit overdone. I wonder if driving by, uh, this is going to be a controversial take here. But I wonder if you should have to go like five miles an hour by school. I'm thinking if somehow it was 10 or 15, that it would get those kids ready for the real world a little <laughs> bit more. Right. So I'm not always, <laughs> I mean, there's probably a speed that's, a, that's not quite fast enough to sure. get them ready for the real world. Right. So I'm just Be on your toes. There. Be on your toes. Yeah, just a little bit. Fast. But that said, there is, the older I get, I'm 47, I'm very youthful. 47 but still 47 is i do think i do think back very sharp-minded but i do think back 
about innocence, right? When you're innocent, you don't know any better. Like when I was 16, 17, I, I was kind of a hellion. And, and, you know, my grandmother would say, you know, talk about like, oh, these, you know, you're, you're supposed to be innocent. These are the innocent years. And I didn't know any better. I'm, I'm thinking I'm not innocent. But then you look back as you really know what the world can be like. And you're thinking about how great those innocent days were, right? There's a great movie, Stand By Me that does a, a, a wonderful job of showing the innocence of those French. You saw that, Brad? Absolutely. Who hasn't? Well, well some people. Have you seen a Cofield? No. Oh, really? my goodness. Jeez. <laughs> we should have known. Know. It, but these kids, I get it. You know, you could say, yeah, but, you know, maybe they, these are basketball players, so maybe they're, they're not so innocent. Well, maybe some, maybe not others. Who knows? But they, some of them are 16, you know, this AAU and 15, 16, 17. So Stephen A. Smith, who, you know, let's be honest, this is a guy that gets a lot of heat for hot takes. I think he's great at what he does. And, you know, full disclosure, I do his show all through the football season for many years. So, and he's been a, a good uh, guy to me. So, but just watching his shows, I love his takes oftentimes. Sometimes I think he's a little hot and we address that. <laughs> But this take that we've got from his show this week, it, it, it really, I think, puts a spin on the truth of what's going on with this cheating. Let's listen to Stephen A. So here we are, and we're looking at Louisville. And clearly, you know what? If you are uh, offering sex to recruits and other schools are not, then you have an advantage because in this world that we live in, I'm certainly being respectful. My sisters are watching and everybody else. Molly, here's the deal. When you go on a college campus and if there's some fine women on there and you can engage in extracurricular activity, you do look at that as a plus. When you are a male college athlete, I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's reality. Okay. On division one, division two. People are being paid to do that. But you don't know that though, Miles. You don't know that and you don't don't know that. Hold on. Wait wait a minute. Wait wait a minute. Let me, let me, let me be very, very blunt. Please. Not only do they not know, but even if they didn't know, they wouldn't care. You're talking about youngsters. You're talking about 17, 18, 19-year-old dudes that go to a college campus. They don't care how something happened. As long as they're getting what they want, that's all they care about. It's sad, but damn it, it's factual. And, and, they, I, I, and let me tell you something right now. I, would, I, I think I would figuratively slap any human being, any man that sat up there and tried to deny what I'm saying is absolutely okay, true. Division one, I'm saying division one, boiling. division one, division two, division three. It doesn't matter. It happens. Okay. Now, listen, on one hand, and I think it's very true. You got to give Stephen A credit for talking so candidly. The reality is any guy out there or most any guy, let's say, because everyone, you know, there's differences, but most 16, 17 year olds, you say, hey, uh, the, it, it, if you like girls, hey, there's this hot girl and come here to this school and where there's going to be a kegger and, and have some fun and, you know, maybe they're getting paid, but you don't know that. Who, you got to be pretty far from being 17 to think, oh, no, I would have been morally offended, right? Brad, would you have been morally offended? No, not at all. Cofield? Of course I'd be morally offended. I, no, not I, at all. I, all right. No. Now that's... The guts to say that, I appreciate. But there's another level to this. And that's that these kids shouldn't be presented with this. Right? Is basketball players are not. Right? And I think in some ways the the physical feats that these guys can perform, even at a young age, 
it, it, it obscures the fact that these are kids. And to me, if somehow, some way, 30-year-old men and there's some industrial complex, I'm going to hate that too. I'm going to hate the money and who's getting exploited. But the fact that these kids are having, and this sounds kind of grandiose, but I think it's true having their innocence taken away, right? It's not like they're going to be 100% innocent without this, but whatever percentage of innocence they have that's taken away, that's egregious. And the idea that there's all these grown men and if you've ever said, Steve, you've been around a lot of NCAA officials, right? Bowl games and stuff. Huh. A lot of big, fat, 50-year-old dudes. with They haven't missed many meals, right? There's uh, Anyone that's ever been around a college bowl, it is like the Scatino bust out on the Sopranos, <laughs> right? Is If you're a Sopranos fan, it was like, okay, this guy owes us a bunch of money. His sporting goods store is going under and we are going to take as much water and tents and canoes. Everyone in the whole episode was drinking the same water because they ordered a bunch of it. Well, these bowl games are like a bust out. It's, can I eat some shrimp here? Is it, can I put something in my, can I put this, uh, tote bag? They get the tote bags to take away all the other yeah. merchandise, right or wrong? Coco? Sure. Yeah. And the kids are the one, and then we're talking They're about nonprofit yeah. Yeah. and the kids are the ones suffering. They, I'm saying the kid that takes money is the kid that's being exploited because his innocence is being taken away. And I get it. If there's no way to fix it, then, hey, there's a lot of egregious things going on in this world. But the idea that we're all just sitting back and letting it happen, and then you hear people say, well, the FBI should be investigating more important things. Maybe. They're, who's to say they're not? But man, oh man, this is not only a multiple billion dollar business. We're not only talking about kids and their innocence. We're also talking about a, a pastime. The, the, this country has, you know, 300 plus million people and there's millions and millions of people that like to enjoy basketball as part of their recreation. The idea that that is being ruined in a way. To the point that someone as smart as Cofield can say, well, if you're winning, you probably are cheating. That's ruining it at that point for many people. The fact is being ruined for whose benefit? For whose benefit is these big fat guys that want to eat a bunch of shrimp at the NCAA tournament? (laughs) Well, I will say it's not ruining it for me. uh, Because I am rooting for Arizona. This is where we started. Arizona and Sean Miller. I'm rooting for Arizona the rest of the way. I'm not rooting for Sean Miller to look bad, but I think Lorenzo Romar, if he's the guy, they'll be fine. Alonzo Trier is out. DeAndre Ayton is going to keep playing, and I actually think Arizona has a chance to still have a very good season, even with all this turmoil around them. Am I crazy? The fact Here's what I'm going to say. I'll let Brad answer that question. <laughs> the fact you're rooting for Arizona is proof positive your innocence is long gone. You're <laughs> such you're such a cynic. Uh-huh. Like it's just explain in thirty like succinctly why you're rooting for Arizona. Because I don't believe that a lot of the other big time players at the other schools competing for a national title are pure so, as a driven snow. They they were so they you're saying the same as Aiton. They just haven't been caught. So you're saying you strongly feel, and it's likely that Arizona's done most, if not all, what they're being accused of. And you're saying you're going to root for them because they're getting heat for it when everyone else is just as guilty. That is the height of cynicism. Yes. All right, Brad, give it. Okay, I'm not going to argue. You are right. <laughs> I have my doubts on Arizona. You think they're going to fall apart now? 
Well, not, not completely fall apart, but in making it run. Uh, to the, I mean, keep in mind that they've never made the Final Four, even with Sean Miller and, and better teams, especially better defensive teams that they've had. They, they have problems defending the basketball. You do lose Alonzo Trier, to me, a power rating. You go down a point, point and a half there. You lose Sean Miller. That's a couple points off of it. And this was a team that was barely top 15, top 20 to begin with. A sweet 16 at best, I think, from Arizona moving forward. I think they, they rally... Around the story, I think they will be fired up. So you are gonna after the show, you're gonna wait and you're gonna bet them on a futures market yes. twenty to one. I I actually think I'm gonna get them at more than twenty to one. Yes, think, I agree. I can with wait that. till the middle of the week. Where do you think they'll go to? Uh, if they lose another game, yeah, thirty forty to one easily. In fact, I'm going to if I get forty to one there, I'm also gonna go uh, probably forty to one on Kentucky because Kentucky was fifty to one, another team that everyone roots against. The reason I don't like that is. I think, as we kind of touched on earlier, coaching in the NCAA tournament is a much bigger factor than it is even in the regular season. And if you don't have an elite coach, it's hard to win the NCAA tournament. And Arizona, without their main coach, it's going to be difficult. We're going to recap the big spots on Saturday, look ahead to Sunday. But first, Ralph Irvin with the latest. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. We'll start in the NBA where Golden State hammered Oklahoma City 112-80. Minnesota beat Chicago 122-104. Portland, a late layup, gets the win at Phoenix 106-104. Dallas 97-90 better, or make that Utah 97-90 better than Dallas. The Lakers won in Sacramento 113-108. And Boston took out the Knicks 121-112. In the top 25, number one, Virginia cruised at Pittsburgh 66-37. Creighton upsets number two, Villanova 89-83. Number five, Duke wins at Syracuse. Beat Syracuse, I should say, 60-44. to And number eight, Kansas, a 74-72 win over number six, Texas Tech. Oregon needed overtime. They beat number 14, Arizona, 98-93. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And guys, in Good Sports Radio, you always pay off your teases, just like your Sean Miller. And two weeks ago, I talked about the medals odds. Norway will win the overall medal count. They sit at 38. They might win a couple more in the last event. They entered the games at plus 175 as co-favorite with Germany on that one. And as for the gold medal competition... Well, it is down to the last event, the women's 30K cross-country race. If a Norwegian wins, and right now, Merit Bjorgen is way out in front on the last lap. Well, both Norway and Germany will finish with 14 gold medals. Norway entered the games at plus 150, Germany at plus 160. Ralph, this is RJ. Quick question. Yes, sir. Do you quote more odds for us? Yes, Uh, Of course he does. I am so proud. I am so proud. Thank you. Know your audience, right? Hey. (laughs) But let's be honest. You like it. It's always fun to see how things are predicted (laughs) and then how they come out. Sure. (laughs) Absolutely. We, uh, on our new podcast, Don't Bet On It, I was talking about all the the glory around the U.S. women's hockey team winning the gold. They actually were the favorites going into the tournament. So it wasn't exactly a miracle on ice. It was a nice story, but they were minus 125 favorites. To win the gold. Yeah, but listen, I think one of the things that the social media world has made worse off is the idea that, hey, if you're 50-50 to do something and you do it, 
you've done something. Right. Right. And if you, <laughs> I can tell you this, when I pick a game, in theory, I'm 50 50. I'm, I'm, you know, history says I'm much better, but 55%. But the fact is, when I win, I'm very happy. So I sounded a couple minutes ago like I was letting emotion dictate who I was going to play on futures tickets like Kentucky at 50, probably 40 to 1 soon, or Arizona heading the other way down towards 30 or 40 to 1. I'm still betting with my head, not my heart. And while I've been kind of cracking on Duke a little bit, held up as like the, you know, the beacon of cleanness all day today, I respect what they do and I respect this group and what they've been doing now with Marvin Bagley back. That was really impressive today. They took on Syracuse and they win the game, laying 13, 60 to 44. Boy, their defense. And this is a big deal in the NCAA tournament. We're going to get to Virginia in a little bit. But if you can be a high-powered offense and play the kind of defense this team is playing with some of the tweaks, Blue Devils are dangerous. So here's what happened with Duke. And today they win and cover. They beat Syracuse. Duke does 60-44. to About four or five games ago, Coach K switches up Duke's defense. They're missing Marvin Bagley, so they go to Duke goes to more of a zone defense. Where do we see it? Especially is in their totals. Duke was a... Maybe a top fifty, top fifty defense at best. The last four or five games, Duke has been playing top five basketball on the defensive end, and their totals, as far as the over unders, have cashed by twenty nine points per game. Today's under went under by nearly forty points. They limited Syracuse to forty four points, and if Duke has a top five defense and they already have a top-five offense, I can make a strong case that they have the highest ceiling, Duke does, of any team in the country. And Duke right now on the Futures board is second at 6-1. to one. So, no, the 6-1, to one, no, there's no value in 6-1. Okay. to one. All right. And I think that's important to realize, and we'll be saying this a few times, so I'll say it quickly a few times before the tournament starts. Unless you're playing a really big underdog, a mechanical parlay is such the better way to bet a team to win the title. What's a mechanical parlay? It's the idea, let's say Duke, you take whatever you would have bet on the futures, a hundred bucks, let's say, and you bet a hundred on them to win the first game on the money line to win the game, no spread. Then you take those winnings, let it ride, let it ride, let it ride. Six times would replicate a future. Bet. Now, a good example of this, and this is a very common example. The Ravens, when they won the Super Bowl now a few years ago, more than a few, they were 25 to 1 entering the playoffs. You think, oh, it's a pretty big payoff. Mechanical parlay paid 70 to 1 on the Ravens. And wow. the, the last beauty of it is if you want to hedge at the end, if you bet a part on the last game, let's say the championship game or even the final four, uh, so the last two is if you bet a future, you've got to now make another hedging bet, which means the commission, the dastardly bookies get a commission another time, right? If you're letting it ride, you can say, okay, I've got my 100 is now uh, $1,100 going into the final game. I'm only going to bet 500 of that on the last game, and I'm going to book 500 of profit right now, and you can do that commission free with mechanical parlays. So we're talking about underrated teams. We just talked about an underrated defense. Michigan is on the underrated list. Michigan today, my God, laying a point, go to Maryland, just crush the Terps 85-61. So blind resume here. I'm not even going to talk Michigan. Here's what the Wolverines have done since December 4th. 17-4. and So they won 17 of their 21 games. Two of those losses for Michigan in the final seconds against the top five Purdue team. They've covered 
15 of those 21 games. They have a top 15 defense. They're playing in a power conference, obviously the Big Ten. How is this team not a top 10 team? And where I'm seeing some value with Michigan specifically this year is they're never really known as a great defense under John Beeline. In fact, you look at the last 10 years, average defensive ranking for Michigan, right around number 75 in the country. This year's defensive ranking, number 13. Best defense John Beeline's had in 10 years for Michigan. Four upperclassmen starters. This is a team that might be offering, in my opinion, some futures values right now. You can get them 60-1, to Michigan, playing like a top-10 team, but not being priced like it in the futures market. The one exception to mechanical parlays being better than future bets is on really big long shots. Because what ends up happening is, if you let's say you have a long shot that's you know sixty to one maybe, but let's say a hundred, hundred fifty to one, and you think there's a chance, if that team ends up winning two, three, four games in the tournament, they're going to get reevaluated. So say if Duke ends up winning four games to get to the final four, we're going to think pretty much the same of Duke after those four games. A little bit better because they won. But it's like we thought they were one of the best teams coming in. We think they're one of the best teams now. If you have a number 10 seed, let's say, that ends up winning four games, that team's been reevaluated massively, starting with the Elite Eight for sure. So in that case, you won't get the odds will actually get worse and worse and worse as the games go by. Sometimes with those big long shots, it's better to, to, to lock in your pricing a hundred percent with a big future bet. And because you're getting 150 to one or whatever, oftentimes if you shop, your odds can be very close on those long shots as what a mechanical parlay would be. That's RJ Bell. I'm Steve Cofield. Brad Powers breaking down college basketball for us. Another team that you started hitting on, I'd say three weeks ago was underrated. And it's, it doesn't make any sense. Kentucky is underrated and it happened again today. And the betters actually bet against Kentucky. It was what, uh, six. Right? It was yep. minus six. It went down to minus five. They're taking on Mizzou at home, and they just blew the doors off of the Tigers. Well, Kentucky, obviously a very premium program, a very public program, so you're normally paying a premium on Kentucky. They're pricey because they're well-known, they're very successful, but I talked about Kentucky being underrated a few weeks ago because I thought it was the, the buy low. For Kentucky, they had failed to cover five straight games, had lost four straight games. They they were gonna, you know, if they'd have lost five straight, been the first time Kentucky had a, a five game losing streak since 1990. So I thought it was the absolute buy low price for them. What does it happen? Maybe the, the the six freshmen, their top six leading scorers, all freshmen, have broken through that freshman wall. Their last three games, one and covered for Kentucky, has been their best three game stretch of the season. I still think there's some value on Kentucky. I mean, they exceeded expectations today by 15 points. What does break through the freshman wall mean? Well, you, you hit a wall. It, 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 maybe late January, early February, as freshman, you get tired legs. And by breaking through, maybe you get re-energized. You don't seem very sure of this. No, I'm not. <laughs> so let's start but, over. What, yeah. Break through the freshman wall. What does it mean? Well, I've seen... Well, I've, well, I think what you're saying is maybe that's not the way to say it. Yeah, it's not the way to say it. Maybe but, they didn't hit the freshman wall to start with, right? Yeah, maybe not. Well, Specifically with Kentucky, we this is going to be maybe the third time we've seen them kind of peak towards late February into March, struggled in January, in early February... This will be the third time in six years we've seen this from Kentucky. And that's a great macro point to consider in college basketball. There is no sport in which the difference between the play early in the season and late in the season can be so drastic. 
And obviously there's exceptions in the other sports, <laughs> but in general, especially with the young teams, not only the one and dones, but you know, just do the math, right? Look at your minutes, how many years of experience you can do the math and come up with like with a blended number to say how experienced is this team based upon who's actually playing the minutes is the younger teams, their trend line, if it's going up, can be really steep upwards. Now, sometimes a young team can get lost. The coach can lose the team and it goes down. But if you have a team playing really, really well that's young in late February, early March, and you're blending in November and December's results equally weighted, you're making a mistake because that team can be very different, that young team, late in the year. Can I get down to brass tacks on this game beyond the freshman? Kentucky doesn't shoot the three, doesn't make the three. They're 345 out of 351 and made threes and attempted threes. Today they go 10 to 16. Well, I mean, you get outliers when you have 30-some games a season. Right. I talked last night on this show that they had an outlier from three-point uh, performance against Missouri in the first game. They were two out of 20. Kansas did it again. 14 conference championships, regular season championships in a row. We'll talk about that win against Texas Tech, and we'll look ahead to the Sunday spots. Brad Powers with his best bet on the way. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas. Fox Sports Radio in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. You are getting, uh, getting great feedback on your Twitter accounts. Let's say passionate feedback. I think it's great feedback. Great, great might be a little strong. You are making a, a, a big-time connection with the people. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. Yes. People want to reach out to you. Well, listen... Odds are I won't read it, but <laughs> you did read it. I do. Hey, listen, I, here, here's here's the good news. Actually, this is a value prop, and then we're going to do best bets. Is I don't read ninety percent of my at replies on Twitter. No, I don't say that. I'm just being honest. That's, that's my. St- you read them all? Uh, no, 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 no. But during this show, I do. Because we've got time on the commercials, and I try to block out Cofield. Cofield just keeps talking. The mics go off. Yeah. He takes like one drink from the coffee, and then he keeps talking. Brad, true or false? True. I and hate, I, and I try to I like go me, in a, in I a hate safe me space. So much for that, I, I hate me so much for that. <laughs> I try to go in a safe space yeah. and just like block it out. It's tough, but I'll go to Twitter. So if you want me to read your Twitter feedback. Straight out of Vegas is the way to do it. I'm so violating my own rules. I hate when people talk during breaks, and I've gone on and on and on for two freaking hours. Uh, Kansas wins today, 74-72. They were getting to, at Texas Tech, this was for the regular season championship, and I thought this was a great example of, in a micro, why the Jayhawks win the Big 12 every year, because in winning time, they got the job done. Absolutely, and also benefited Kansas did from Texas Tech. Why was Texas Tech not able to get it done in winning time? Their best player, Keenan Evans, hobbled, only had six points today. I'll be honest with you, even though Kansas won an outright upset, one by two, if I would have known Keenan Evans was only going to get six points, Kansas should have been the favorite in that game. Kudos to Kansas, 14 straight Big 12 titles. First team ever in NCAA history to do that. 18-0 and in revenge games now for Kansas, and they have another one coming up against Oklahoma State. Brad Powers on college basketball. He's awesome. Best bet time. Sunday game, Michigan State at Wisconsin. 
The Spartans are laying seven and a half. And here's the thing to remember about Brad's best bet. This is a guy, he lives in Vegas, he bets every day, he bets big money, but the biggest money of any of the games we've talked about today will be on this game. What are you doing? Why this guy don't carry his money in a wallet? Hey, why this guy carries money in a roll? And I'm going with Wisconsin. Actually, you can find plus eight and a half for the Badgers. And first off, with part of the handicap, Michigan State's a play against the Spartans. More distractions now for them. First, it was the Nassar thing with Tom Izzo, their head coach for Michigan State. Now one of their players for Michigan State, Miles Bridges. Michigan State, 11 straight wins all as well. Well, not in the betting markets. Michigan State, 4-9-1 and against the spread their last 14 games. How about Wisconsin? Terrible season for the Badgers. They've made 19 straight NCAA tournaments. Probably won't make one this year, but they have won and covered three straight games. Senior day for them, last game of the season. They can kind of salvage it with a big win over the number 2 team in the country. Give me the Badgers, a proud program, plus 8.5. Last one in like 15 seconds. Nebraska 17-2 and two recently, ATS taking on Penn State. I'm going to lean with the uh, the Cornhuskers, minus 1 there. 17-0 against everyone else not named Illinois. Last I checked, Penn State's not named Illinois. 17-0 against the spread. Give me the Huskers, minus one. Great stuff from Brad Powers. You can follow him on Twitter, at Brad Powers 7 Follow me on Twitter, at RJ in Vegas. Cofield is at Steve Cofield. I cannot wait for our podcast this week. Boy, you're fired up. Don't bet on it. Follow at RJ in Vegas, like you said, to find that. Jonas Knox is on the way. We'll see you next week. Straight out of Vegas! At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.